Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Wagenti, a voice actress with voiceovers by Gypsy, and this is Who Gets It Naturally? Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I'm not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures, or replacing your doctor. I'm just sharing my passion for natural products. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. Remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you are allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. Before I get into this episode's topic, let's refresh a little bit. Holy basil tea. My sister hasn't been drinking a cup every night. In fact, I think she's only had like one or two cups. So for now, I can't say much about how it does or doesn't work for cataracts. But I have been drinking a cup every night, steeped for five minutes. My body definitely detoxed. I felt like crap for a few days, then noticed my body expelling toxins. Now everyone will detox differently. How and where your body pushes out the bad stuff will differ from how mine does. Let's just say it's disgusting. I'm not going to lie to you. There's no other way to put it, and it kind of makes sense. Your body's getting rid of stuff that's no good for it, and it ain't pretty. And different toxins are expelled in different ways. Use your imagination. It can be in the form of zits, blackheads, boils, and worse. But it's a good thing, because it's all the bad stuff coming out. And I've lost about five pounds in two weeks. And I have to admit, I do notice a bit more energy than I've had lately. And I'm not shedding as much as I did before I started the tea. So, holy basil tea has made my need every day list. Like with everything else, there's a bunch of different variations and varieties. And which one works will depend on you. I got lucky with my first choice. I ordered it online, and since it was something I want to continue to use, I looked for the same product or something comparable locally. I went to three different stores just to find Holy Basil Tea or Tulsi Tea. Finally, at the third store, I did ask for some help. They had a whole bunch there. They didn't have the brand I tried, and the brand the clerk recommended was out. So I tried a brand that didn't really speak to me when I first started looking. I have to admit, it doesn't taste the same, and I don't know that it's acting the same. This is probably because it is mixed with green tea. The first brand I tried doesn't have green tea in it. I noticed most are part of a blend with added rose or ginger for detox, for relaxing, and so on. The clerk said holy basil tea has been flying out the door. So I went online and I ordered more. I hate to say it, but it could very well be trial and error before you find the right brand and blend for you. I also want to talk a bit about iridology. Iridology is the practice of assessing someone's health by looking at their eyes. Notice I said assess, not diagnose. Iridology is controversial in so many ways. There's disagreement of who discovered it. The practice has been recorded as far back as about 1000 BC. There are markings on stones dating back about 3000 years that some believe refer to the practice. Others tout an 1800s Hungarian doctor as the father of the practice. 
Either way, the scientific community questions its validity. Over the years, I've been told there's nothing wrong with me, the pain is all in my head, even though the pain was nowhere near my head, and if you don't take the prescriptions, there's nothing I can do for you, which I really hated, which has made me question the so-called experts and pushed me even further into natural remedies. So I need to question them here as well. What also makes me suspicious is that they all say exactly the same things. Again, do your own research and come to your own conclusions. I'm just introducing you to different thoughts and ideas and encourage you to look into them. Just being assessed doesn't work for everyone. Again, iridologists don't diagnose, they assess. And I've been to two of them, and they were both spot on. They recommend dietary changes and supplements. I stand by everybody is different. Their suggestions are just that suggestions. Some may work, some may not. It depends on you. However, their assessments were on point. Granted, it's easy to see I have issues with my hip, maybe both of them, when I walk. But how do you tell my left shoulder gives me pain just by looking at me when I'm just sitting in a chair across from you? Just saying. Since iridology is not recognized as a legit practice, iridologists shouldn't charge for their service. So they either incorporate it into another service or offer it free and sell their own supplements that are usual suggestions for most of their findings. I found this one through the natural food store where I found the Tulsi tea. In our conversation, the clerk mentioned her. She works out of a vitamin and mineral shop. I now know where I'll be getting my vitamins and supplements from for now on. Again, this modality is not for everyone, and not all iridologists are legit. When something's not regulated, it's easy to fake it. Use your critical thinking skills. Now, for the main topic. I want to talk about lavender, plants and essential oil. The name lavender comes from Latin lavar, if I said that right, which means to wash. They even used lavender to clean clothes back then. Kidding, sort of. Romans used it for lavish baths, to scent their hair, and to clean clothes. And I think it had more to do with the scent. Ancient Egyptians used it in the mummification process. In Greece, it was used to heal everything from backache to insomnia. It is mentioned in the Bible a lot in its Greek form, spikenard. It's even believed that Adam and Eve took lavender from the Garden of Eden. Lavender is touted as a calming scent. It is a flowering plant in the mint family. It's also considered an herb because it is used in cooking, something else the Romans did with it. It's also a very popular ornamental plant. The color purple is associated with royalty and holiness. Have you ever seen a Catholic church during Lent and Easter? Symbolists say lavender represents purity, devotion, calmness, and love. Lavender was thought to be an aphrodisiac, which is one of the reasons it's used so often in wedding spreads. There are some variations of lavender that are white, yellow, pink, and red. There are over 30 species of lavender with over 450 varieties. I'll only be concentrating on the top two varieties. The most common is known as English lavender. Because of its mild scent, English lavender is best for cooking. French lavender, also known as lavendin, 
is widely cultivated for oils. It's a hybrid of English lavender and spike lavender and is grown pretty much all over. The plants have similar coloring, but the hybrid, French lavender or lavender, grows to be a bit taller than English lavender. Even the flowering part of the stems is longer. It grows mainly in lower-lying areas, whereas English lavender, although it grows in warm and humid climates, thrives in higher elevations. The dried petals and leaves are often used in sachets and potpourris. English lavender has less camphor than French lavender or lavender, which makes the scent more appealing. The scent of English lavender is very close to rosemary. Camphor is a terpene, a chemical compound found naturally in plants and trees, and also is manufactured. Camphor is an insecticide and an analgesic, among other things. It's used in over-the-counter medications and as flavoring in food and beverages. Excess amounts can be toxic and should not be used on children. In 1983, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration ruled that over-the-counter medications cannot contain more than 11% camphor. English lavender essential oil contains 0.5 to 1% camphor. French lavender or lavender essential oil contains 6 to 10% camphor. You'll be able to tell the difference from the scent. As plants, French lavender or lavender has longer shoots and is therefore a larger plant than English lavender. Lavender has a more medicinal scent, and English lavender has more of a sweet floral scent. If you have kids, stick with English lavender over the lavender. Another difference worth noting is that lavender produces much more essential oil than English lavender, which makes it cheaper than English lavender. So, if you see lavender essential oil that is notably less expensive than another, odds are it's made from French lavender or lavender. Also, lavender is most likely what's used in soaps, air fresheners, perfumes, and household cleaners and detergents to give it the lavender scent, since it's so much cheaper than English lavender. Because of its higher camphor content, it is also used as an analgesic, antiseptic, and insect repellent. On the flip side of the coin, because of its higher camphor content, French lavender or lavender is not as effective as a relaxing agent, and shouldn't be used for burns since it could actually make them worse. Like everything else, do your research. I also want to point out that if lavender bothers you, either irritating the skin or the scent, it could be French lavender that bothers you, at which point it could be the camphor, not strictly the lavender. Camphor is an irritant. How would you know? Find French lavender and English lavender, plants, essential oils, whatever. Smell one, see if there's a reaction, or touch it and see if your skin turns red or starts to itch. Let your body recuperate, then try the other. If it's the lavender itself, both will bother you. If it's the camphor, the English lavender won't bother you at all, or the reaction will be much less than the French lavender. Some of English lavender's properties are antimicrobial, anxiolytic, which means it's used to reduce anxiety, anti-inflammatory, Antinociceptive, which means it diminishes pain without negative effects on consciousness or producing anesthesia, like NSAIDs or Advil. Antioxidant, insect repellent, and anticholesterol. If you take blood thinners or anticoagulants, consult your physician before using lavender. Lavender can cause skin irritations, eczema, and dermatitis. 
It can help with digestion, tension headaches, bug bites, burns, and minor skin irritations. It repels moths, flies, fleas, and mosquitoes. Studies have been conducted showing that English lavender essential oil helps insomnia, alopecia, or hair loss, anxiety, stress, and postoperative pain, among other conditions. English lavender essential oil is also being studied for its antibacterial and antiviral properties. According to an article on ScienceDirect.com, quote, Lavender essential oil is popular as a complementary medicine in its own right and as an additive to many over-the-counter complementary medicines and cosmetic products. Indeed, products derived from the popular garden herb lavender, Lavendula SPP, have been used for centuries as a therapeutic agent, with the more recent addition, the essential oils derived from these plants, being widely used as an antibacterial in World War I. The oil is traditionally believed to have sedative, carminative, antidepressive, and anti-inflammatory properties, in addition to its recognized antimicrobial effects, end quote. The article does note that scientific validation has not been made, mostly because the research that has been done does not differentiate between the different varieties of lavender. The article does note that assumptions can be made using the known constituents of the different varieties, but that tests have not been recorded with the actual oils. Again, do your research. Lavendin, or French lavender essential oil, has antiseptic, antibacterial, healing, sedative, antispasmodic, analgesic, and dermatological properties. Lavendin's anti-inflammatory and antiseptic properties may help treat infections and provide many benefits for the skin. Lavendin essential oil can quicken the healing of wounds. It's also known to help with respiratory issues by clearing phlegm from the lungs. Keep in mind the camphor content. The FDA has lowered the approved amount of camphor in the over-the-counter medications to less than 11%. French lavender, or lavendin, contains 6-10% to camphor. In large amounts, it can be toxic. Always use a carrier oil with any variety of lavender since it can be a skin irritant. If you want to use lavender in your cleaning products, lavendin or French lavender is the better choice. If you want to calm yourself or your child, I'd go with the English lavender. There are so many different ways to diffuse it. You can put potpourri in decorative bowls or containers around the house. You can put a few drops of lavender essential oil in a diffuser, on fake or silk flowers, or on a cotton ball and place them in strategic spots. You can add it to your laundry detergent, fabric softener, and or in the dryer on dryer sheets or dryer balls. You can add it to your cleaning products. I created a spray, You're Out, to help with sleep. I use either a 2-ounce or a 4-ounce Amber Boston Round with a Mr. Sprayer cap. For 4 ounces, add about a half a teaspoon of vodka and 20 drops each of basil, cedarwood, frankincense, and lavender essential oils. Swish it around a bit, then add about 4 ounces of distilled water. Add the Mr. Cap and shake. Variations are 80 drops of lavender essential oil only, or... 80 drops of cedarwood essential oil only. Spray it on your pillowcase, sheets, around your bedroom, before bed. These essential oils will help calm your mind and relax your body. For a two ounce bottle, just divide by two. To create your own, stick with the distilled water and keep the drops of essential oils to no more than 80 for four ounces or 40 for two ounces. 
You can diffuse lavender essential oil in your bedroom. To relieve anxiety, some people rub lavender essential oil mixed with a carrier oil on their temples. Your temples are the indentations on either side of your head between your eyes and your hairline. If you do use it like this, be sure to use enough carrier oil and make sure to keep it far enough away from your eyes. Now, when I was a kid, I remember seeing purple gum. I wasn't thrilled with the taste. When I searched lavender gum, I found that C. Howard's makes a purple-scented gum and violet mints. This is it. I remember the package. They don't specify lavender in the ingredients. They just state that the products have a light floral scent, which can be said for lavender. Lavender is a hot ingredient in the dentistry field. Lavender gum would actually be a good thing. It helps kill bacteria, freshens breath, and eases any oral pain. Just be aware of allergies and adverse effects. Wait, what about using it as an herb? Can you really cook with it? Yes, but not all lavender should be used in cooking. English lavender is best. If you use other variations, you can end up feeling like you're eating soap. You can use either fresh or dried, but you do want to make sure that the color is vibrant blue-purple, not a muted gray-purple. The flowers, leaves, and stems are all used. And the scent should have a spicy mint aroma, not a flowery one. If you buy it, the label should say culinary on it somewhere. You should not use lavender essential oil to cook with. Dried lavender is about three times more potent than fresh lavender, so use extra sparingly. And most definitely, a little goes a long way. Like other members of the mint family, margarine, rosemary, oregano, and savory, Lavender pairs well with chicken, lamb, turkey, and fatty fish like salmon. According to the website www.bonappetit.com, quote, Make lavender sugar by burying buds in granulated sugar and allowing the natural oils to permeate the surrounding crystals over the course of a week. Or grind lavender and use it in any number of cookies and cakes. Pro tip, Grind the buds with a portion of your sugar to help break it down more finely. You'll still get that great lavender flavor, but with no chalky chew. Or use lavender to infuse simple syrup, then mix it into lemonade, iced tea, many, many cocktails, or even meringue. Or steep it in cream or milk before straining and using in pudding, ice cream, or whipped cream. When experimenting with flavors, it's always a good idea to balance lavender's low notes with something bright like lemon juice and zest. End quote. There's something new to try. You can actually find lots of recipes online. Just search culinary lavender. Storing culinary lavender is pretty easy. However, it should be dried. There are several ways you can dry out fresh lavender. Lay it out on a countertop. Hang bundles stem side up. Allow several days to dry out for either one of these options. Or spread out the buds on a cookie sheet and bake at 200 degrees for about 10 minutes. Just keep an eye on them so they don't burn. I've also seen where you should bake them at 100 degrees for 10 to 15 minutes. Store the dried buds in an airtight container. They should last about a year. You can buy culinary lavender in health food stores, farmer's markets, even online. You can also make lavender tea. Add some dried lavender to a mesh or steel tea ball and add boiling water. 
Steep for about five minutes. You may want to add a bit of honey. Don't be afraid to experiment. Stay within the parameters and have fun with it. Just make sure you're not allergic to it before you start playing. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on X and Instagram at vobygypsy or LinkedIn, search either Chris Wagenti, Who Gets It Naturally, or Voiceovers by Gypsy. Please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. The next episode will be published on Wednesday, August 16th.